Welcome back to another episode of Dear Found Her. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, your host. And today we are rerunning our final episode of 2022. We reran our very first episode ever with Dana Gordon from Dana Rebecca Designs last Tuesday. And we reran one of my favorite episodes with one of my best friends, Samantha Landy, last Thursday. And today we're rerunning your favorite episode, the episode that's been listened to the most right here on Dear Found Her. And let's be honest, it's one of my favorite episodes as well. I am going to take the advice of today's guest, my friend, Jen Sherman, and own this success. On the podcast, she said, own your successes. It is okay to acknowledge where you are and how you got there. And this podcast is incredibly important to me because last year, last summer, in the summer of 2021, I made a list, a bucket list guest, a bucket list of guests that I wanted to have here on the podcast. And at the top of that list were two women, Jen Sherman from Peloton and Bobby Brown from Bobby Brown Cosmetics and Jones Road Beauty. And as of last week, I've interviewed both of them for this show. You'll hear my conversation with Bobby, season two, episode one on January 10th. And so many of you, thousands of you, listened to my conversation with Jen all throughout the second part of this year. But, you know, this was something that I, 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 in my wildest dreams, I never imagined that I would have both of these women on this show during year one. And the craziest thing was last week when I talked about Bobby Brown on my Instagram, Jen messaged me and was totally fangirling Bobby and congratulating me and telling me how excited she was to listen to this episode and how excited she was for me that I landed this interview. And I just, I want to share that because one, everyone here on this show is simply human and everyone has that person or those people who they love and look up to and, you know, just admire so much. And for me, it really was, it is, it is these two women. And I cannot believe that I had the chance to interview both of them and share their conversations with you, this community right here. So First and foremost, before I rerun this episode, there's a couple things that I want to say about it, but I want to say thank you to Jen for taking a chance on me, a complete stranger, to share her story on my brand new podcast this year. Like I said, and you're hearing it here first, but this podcast episode with Jen Sherman was my most listened episode of Dear Found Her in 2022. You guys loved it, and it's no coincidence why this episode climbed to the charts so fast. Everything about this conversation encompasses my core values, so many of which I now know Jen shares with me as well. And I think that's why when you hear this conversation, if you haven't already, you'll understand why the, why we kind of just click and why it's such a great conversation. So many of these values made this episode so easy to listen to and so easy to want to listen to. It's authentic, it's honest, it's motivating, it's fun, it's really sentimental. And so many of you have asked, how did you land Jen Sherman on your podcast? And the God's honest truth is that I found a way and I asked her. Point blank, I found a way and I asked her. And you'll hear me talk about it on Instagram, you'll hear me talk about it in the coming weeks, but that's how I landed Bobby Brown too. 
I realized that someone I had worked with in the past was working with her in the present. And I sent that person an email and I asked her about the podcast. And she asked Jen and Jen said yes. So Erica, thank you so much for doing that. Funny enough, I did have a connection long before this and I just chose not to use it. I don't know. I felt really funny about it. I didn't want to ask someone to overextend themselves. It was a hus- my husband's, it was my husband's old coworker and I just felt weird about the whole thing. So I found another way. But like I said, I made a list of guests that I wanted on the show in in 2021 and Jen topped that list and I will own the fact that I made it happen and I've continued to cultivate that relationship just as I do with so many of my guests on the show and nearly everyone who enters my life in a meaningful manner I try to continue that relationship with them and Jen is no exception I told her when we met in person which we did meet in person. Jen made good on her invitation to to for me to ride in the studio with her, as you'll hear her ask me in the episode today. I went in November. I, I spent the morning at the studio. I rode. I got to meet her. I got to meet a couple of other people, too, that this podcast co- connected me with. It was incredible, and it was so much fun. And I told Jen when we finally got to meet in person, after going back and forth over Instagram for five months, I said, you're kind of stuck with me. So if you want to round out the year with an incredible conversation, please click, like please make sure you continue to listen. You will swear that you're listening to two old friends, but in reality, we had just met only minutes before I hit record. This conversation was really one of those that was just meant to be. So I want to say thank you for listening. I want to remind you to please tune in on Thursday. I'm going to be dropping the last episode of the year. It's a solo episode. It's brand new. And it's all about my top 10 lessons that I learned during the first year of my 2.0, which was this year. And that will segue beautifully into season two, where we're going to kick off with Bobby Brown on January 10th. And then we're going to share three other stories in January of women who are have started their 2.0s so successfully. You're going to start seeing a little bit of a format change with the podcast and how we drop them. We're going to be dropping two episodes a week, one interview and one lesson. I think I'm going to be calling it Found Her Files. Honestly, I'm still trying to decide. But I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. and Thank you for making 2022 such a wild success. Buckle up and get ready because if you think that this year was on fire, you don't even know what's coming. Jen, I hope that you'll take me up on the offer to have you back so that you can be a part of this over and over and over again. So thank you so much. Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals.
Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I am so excited about today's episode. And if you've been watching on social media, you know that today's guest is someone I respect greatly for so many reasons. She's a bucket list interview for me. Well, what does that mean? So in 2021, when I came up with the idea of Dear Founder, I made a list of guests and people who I would want to interview on this podcast, people who not only were founders, but people who motivated me and my career and honestly through my journey in life. Jen Sherman is one of them. In fact, she was at the top of that list. So I followed her instructions of JFDI, which in Jen language means just fucking do it. And I pounded the pavement and I found a contact that would eventually connect me to her and get her on the show. And here we are today. So for those of you wondering, Jen Sherman is just as you would have expected her to be, if not better. And I want to tell you a little story about when she showed up on the podcast today because this wasn't captured in the recording. But Jen really and truly cares. She showed up to our interview having either Googled me or looked me up on social or perhaps someone simply prepped her. Some guests show up knowing a little bit about me, but many don't, and that's okay. But Jen did, and the very first thing out of her mouth was, where outside of Chicago do you live? And now the significance of this question today is that this recording took place on July 13th, 2022, less than 10 days after the mass shooting in Highland Park, Illinois at the 4th of July parade. And the very first thing that Jen asked me was where I lived because she knew I was from Chicago. And while I don't live in Highland Park, I live in a town next door and I consider Highland Park part of my community. But the point of me sharing this is that Jen is just so kind, so considerate, and the fact that she even thought about that was so touching and so appreciated, so I wanted to share that. Jen knows who she is, and she's comfortable with that, and that's why she's been so incredibly successful in what she does. She didn't go to Peloton to get famous, but she got famous and grew an enormous community who absolutely loves her because she shows up each and every day as her true and authentic self. Jen Sherman took her first indoor cycling class more than a decade ago and was instantly hooked. You're going to hear her talk all about this in today's episode. As Peloton's very first cycling instructor, Jen came to New York City from her hometown in New Jersey, where she had been selling out studios for years. Jen brings a focused intensity to every single class she teaches. She also tells amazing stories and has incredible theme rides, and she shows members what they're made of with her empowering playlists. And that is something I can honestly attest to. You can't help but sing along with all of them. So without further ado, please come on in and meet my new friend, Jen Sherman. All right, so welcome back to another episode of Dear Found Her. Today is the episode I have been waiting for since I started this podcast, since before I started this podcast. I asked for two things for my 40th birthday. I asked for a camp theme party with a live band and all my friends and a camp best dress code, obviously. And (laughs) I also asked for a Peloton. And given that I turned 40 at the end of 2019, I was really, really lucky that I got both. I started riding my bike when I could in between my work trips, and I found myself gravitating towards one instructor. Her playlists were killer. And anyone who knows me knows that music is my thing. She played all my faves, DMB, Bruce, Bon Jovi, Coldplay, Counting Pros, The Dead, the best of the best. But it wasn't just the music. She would talk about all of my favorite things, Jewish summer camp, live concerts, 
the art of a good mixtape, and of course, the importance of a good blowout. And anyone who's listening knows how important that is to me. Sometimes I could take the words right out of her mouth. And as I learned from researching for today, the similarities don't stop there. We're both communications majors. I desperately wanted to go to Syracuse, but my parents insisted that I went to University of Michigan. Our birthdays are seven days apart. And not to sound creepy, but Jen Sherman spoke to me through that screen in a way that I honestly never thought possible. Before I knew it, I was, and I still am, drinking the Peloton Kool-Aid. My best friend once told me, I think that you and Jen Sherman would really be good friends. And then one day my daughter came in, my eight-year-old, she was seven at the time, and she overheard my ride. And she said, Mom, is that your friend? She sounds just like you. And after Jen dropped an F-bomb, Lila said, yep, are you sure you're not friends? But it really wasn't until the pandemic when we were locked up at home and I started writing vigorously that Jen Sherman and her message really started to resonate with me. Jen is a storyteller. She shares her life. She connects with her audience, which is why they are not just an audience. They are her community. And as I look to make the biggest change in my life and my career in 2021, it was Jen's constant, constant message of JFDI, just fucking do it, that resonated in my head over and over again until one day I did. And here we are. So before I have you come on in and meet Jen Sherman, I want to say thank you, Jen Sherman, for pushing me in more ways than you will ever know to take control of my life and to live my life exactly the way I want to. You being here means everything to me today. Welcome to Dear Founder. I'm speechless. That is an incredible introduction. Um, you have done your homework for sure, and I can already tell in, from the 60-second intro, from the first 60 seconds of it, that we are two, two girls from the same world. And um, it's so nice to meet you, and thank you so much for having me. Of course. I mean, your story mm. resonates with me in a way like none other. And the first time I heard you say it on the bike that you emailed John Foley, and I got off the bike and was like, how, how do I work for Peloton? I mean, that was like, that was like what you inspired me to do. And that, of course, that is not my wheelhouse, but that was the inspiration that I received from you. And so I'd really like for you to share that story with our listeners for those who don't know it. Okay. So, you know, um, I've told it many times before, and I'm as proud of this story today as I was, it's almost 10 years ago now, but it all started with an email. It all started with just hitting the send button and not really um, thinking much more of it other than it was something I wanted to try to go after. So just to take you back a little bit, I had fallen in love with indoor cycling probably 15 years ago, maybe a little bit more. My father had passed away. I was always someone that um, needed, needed exercise as my fuel, as my passion, my way to work out my mental stuff the physical stuff, all of it. So I was always someone that was um, into taking care of myself, but I had never done anything professionally. I never played high school sports. People are always really shocked to hear that. Um, I had never worked in the fitness industry pre-finding indoor cycling. But um, around the time of Peloton, I, I had already um, fallen in love with indoor cycling. It became my workout of choice. I was freaking obsessed. I mean, when I say obsessed, I was riding six to seven days a week, sometimes more than once a day, not unlike so many of my members now, um, at a local little studio in New Jersey where I live. 
And I, I just dove in full force. And what connected me to indoor cycling off the bat was not just the endorphin high of that, of being in a room with people together and that energy working off one another, but the music, okay? You mentioned that you're a music girl. If you know anything about me, if anybody knows anything about me, it's, it's my life. It's like number one. Like it might even come before my kids. Like I'm not even kidding around. I get so, it. So the music, I, I had a favorite instructor when I was just someone cycling in the room. And he became like a mentor. His name was Scott Holmes. And his playlists to me were everything, everything. And so I fell in love with indoor cycling. It, it was just very generic how it started. My, one of my best friends, Barb Albert, I talk about her on Peloton all the time. I credit Barbie doll, that's Barbie doll on the Peloton leaderboard, with dragging me to my very first, what we called back then, spin class. She took me, and it wasn't for me like, it was very black and white. It wasn't like, oh, I kind of think I like this. Maybe I'll go back in a week. I went back like the next day. I was instantly hooked. It was hard. It was challenging, but something about all of it just drew me in instantly. Let's just cut to the chase. A couple years later, I decided, you know, I think I could be really good at this. I love people. I'm a storyteller. I love music. I love this workout. I could be really good at this. And I got certified. And I started teaching at a small studio in my town where I had been riding called MaxFit. A guy by the name of Chris Miller gave me my shot. He paid for me to get certified. He saw the passion in me as a rider in the class. I think he believed in me and thought I could be a good instructor. And that's how that part of the story, that's how my background in indoor cycling began. So it began in a really small way in my town, five minutes away. I was teaching... Um, a bunch of classes a week right here in town. I would drop the kids off at carpool and then be able to make it to where I needed to go teach my class. It was like a perfect fit for me at that point in my life. And then it just, it just became something that really fueled me mentally, physically. I found it gave me purpose. My class became really, really popular. Um, I was teaching, you know, to sold out waitlisted classes here in New Jersey um, I was working with Lululemon, like lots of cool things were happening to me at a time in my life where I didn't think I was looking for a second career. Like literally, you know, I was a stay at home mom because I wanted to be. And then when my kids were old enough and busy enough in school, I started getting that itch to do something. But never in my life, Lindsay, could I have ever dreamt that this indoor cycling career of mine, this little side gig that I had would turn into the amazing Peloton hustle that it became. And that's probably at the point of the story where I would segue and say that, so I had already been teaching these indoor cycling classes in New Jersey, in the suburbs. No one knew, no one knew who the hell I was, especially John Foley. Um, and I had read, it started with an article. And I always say in all of my interviews, I think it might've been the first published article about a startup called Peloton. It was like a one-sheeter on a, on, a, on, a, on a website called Well and Good. Are you familiar with Well yep. and Good? Yep. Okay. So I must have been a subscriber to Well and Good, but somehow, and I don't even remember how, I landed, I went down a rabbit hole and I was reading a one-pager on a startup called Peloton. And at the bottom of this one-page, you know, 
web page that I was reading, um, there was an email address and it said, are you interested in joining our team? And there was a very generic email address. I had no idea who I was emailing or where I was sending an email, but I saw that and I said to myself, what the hell? Like, send this email. The idea of Peloton, now remember, I hadn't spoken to anyone yet. This is just me reading a one sheet page on a website about a bike that was gonna be in your home that was going to replicate the feeling of boutique cycling classes. Now, boutique soul cycle had just taken off. Those were buzzwords that were floating around everywhere, especially if you were into cycling. Cycling was hot and I was loving what I was doing. I thought the idea that was presented on this website sounded genius, I did, but never, ever, ever in my wildest dreams could I have imagined that it would turn into this. So I basically just, wrote up an email. I had no idea it was, I was hitting send and it was gonna be going, uh, going on the receiving end to John Foley, who I adore and love, who I, who I, to this day will always say, gave me this shot. And if it wasn't for him, I would not be here. That's a fact, a fact. It was our connection and our meeting, which we'll talk about, but that, that has me where I am today. But anyway, um, I sent this email saying, this is why you need to hire me. That was the title in the RE line. And um, I put some information in there, a little bit about myself. I didn't hold back. I was very honest, of course, as I always am about my age, knowing that I was sending off an email about wanting to possibly talk to the CEO of a, of a company that was launching this incredible new fitness, I mean, how do it, platform. I knew that I wasn't probably the right age in my mind for someone that he would be looking for, but I let him know that I was a mother of two children, that I lived in the suburbs in New Jersey, that I was currently a very popular cycling instructor. I threw in a couple other embarrassing factoids in that email that I, I cringe when I read that email now, but we laugh about it you know, to this day. John still has it in his inbox. I still have it in my folder, of course. But that email, um, he says it struck a chord and he, and he answered me right away. I never even expected to get a response, Lindsay. It was one of those kinds of things. I sent it, put my heart into it. Didn't know much about the concept except for what I had read, the, the broad strokes. And I heard back from him within a couple of days. And that email exchange led to an invitation by John to drive into the city. I remember, I always joke with him, he said to me, um, I know you live in New Jersey. I don't know how far outside of New York City you live, but would you be willing to take a drive into New York to meet me? He didn't know I live like 17, 15 miles from the city. I mean, it's like my second yeah. home. I'm still going there to get my hair cut. I was still going there sometimes to get all my facials. Oh my God, you're me. I go to the yeah. city for everything. Okay, so I was that girl. So I was laughing out loud when he asked me if I would mind taking the ride into the city to meet him. I met him for a cup of coffee back in 2013, I want to say it was the summer of 2013, that cup of coffee led to a second conversation, which led to an audition, which I talk about now and I think back to, and it's just, it's just incredible. I actually auditioned for Peloton in front of John and his wife and Hassau and the co-founders of the company. There were maybe seven or eight, I always say this, 
when I went to meet John at that little office, that tiny startup office with seven other employees, there were a bunch of geniuses writing code and like drinking beer and figuring it out and trying to raise money. Like that is when I walked in the door. I am so proud when I tell my story that I was literally there from the beginning. Um, when I say the beginning, really the beginning. And um, John made me an offer. This is now way before bikes are shipping and selling. This is before we've broken ground on a studio on 23rd Street. He hired me to come on initially to just build some content, to be the face of you know Peloton in some way. You know, it was in the early stages, but he invited me to join. I'll never forget. He said to me, "This is going to move fast. Joining a startup is unlike anything else. I can't tell you how it's going to go, but I can tell you as sure as shit that it's going to be exciting. And are you ready? Because buckle up if you're ready to join." And um, I took a leap of faith. I walked away from opening up my own cycling studio. That's another little segue of the conversation. I was very close to opening up my own studio here in New Jersey. I had a partner. I had a location. I had funding. And I walked away from that opportunity. And I walked away from an opportunity at heading up a flywheel studio in New Jersey to join Peloton that I knew very little about, but that's what, was, what was it in your gut that was like, that made you choose that opportunity? You know, as much as, again, as I'll, I'll say, I'll, I repeat myself when I say that there was no way to visualize what this would turn into. I did think that the, the concept and the idea sounded genius. There were so many moving parts that were going to have to come together for it to really take off. But meeting John for that first cup of coffee First of all, our connection was instant. It's kind of like how I feel with you. Even though John and I come from different backgrounds, different worlds, different parts of the, of the country, we sat down and we hit it off immediately. I loved his energy. He was brilliant. He was passionate. He was thinking big. He was just, you know, just being around him, his aura is what drew me in. I was willing to put these other opportunities on hold or walk away from them permanently because I believed so much in this concept from the first day. And when I say it was really like taking a leap of faith, it was because at that point, it was in such the early stages, John couldn't even visualize a community or what that piece of Peloton would turn into. His vision was, Let's bring these boutique, amazing fitness classes into a person's home and take away the stress of having to sign up for a class a week in advance and not being able to get in and all the stuff that was going on in the big city of New York in the fitness world back then. He had just come up with a genius idea. There just were a lot of holes and pegs that had to fit into those holes. And for some crazy, crazy reason, I bought into every single ounce of it. Well, but your intuition was correct. So, yeah, you know, and, and, and I think there's so much that you just said, obviously that we need to talk about. I mean, first of all, I always talk about the power of email and how you just have to send the email. And I've always thought that, and hearing you say your story over and over again, I, I always, it takes me back to that. The power of the email is so important. It is connection. You know, that your connection with John is that is what sold you just like your connection with your community is what sells us 
into the into Peloton and into you and into the whole the whole process. I mean, he showed up as himself. He was totally honest. You show up as yourself unapologetically every single day. And that and that, by the way, is the key. It's what I what I tell women all the time, because I, I do hear from women, as you can imagine, all the time. How did you make that shift? How did you make that change? How at 40 plus years old did you have the confidence? Guess what? I'm human like everybody else. I'm not always the most confident human being. That move that I made with Foley and sending that email, that might not have been something that I would have done 20 years ago, you know, but I am so glad that I did. And I have lived my life from that moment forward very differently than I, than I lived it before, because it is all about just taking that chance. What was the worst thing that would have happened? Oh my God, Jen. back. <laughs> Wait, I was Jen, doing- this is like my mom. No, 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 no. Like literally like in interviews, I am asked, like, how did you make the decision to leave your corporate job? And my litmus test is what's the worst that can happen. And that's, that's it. By the way. And it's such a lesson for everyone to learn. It's a lesson to show my kids. I will constantly say to Carly and Evan, if you don't ask, you won't get an answer. There's nothing wrong with putting yourself out there and asking, send that email to that professor, explain what happened, because guess what? You know, you don't know how that person is going to receive your email. And it almost always, if it's presented the right way, you get a great result or at least a good result. And at the very worst, like we just said, what happens? So you don't hear back from someone, but at least you put yourself out there and you tried. You know, one of the things that I think is really important to point out is obviously you are the original Peloton instructor. You're the original face. By the way, by the way, how cool is that? If you like what you're hearing on the Dear Founder podcast, please make sure you take out your phone, scroll down. Yes, please do it now and leave a five-star rating or write a review so that others can benefit from all of the amazing conversations that we're having right here. Every time you leave a rating or write a review, it helps someone else discover Dear Founder and all of the incredible women that we feature here each and every week. Thank you so much for listening. It is very cool. And you should say that because look at where Peloton is and you had a really key stake in getting it to where it is right now. Well, thank you. How do you feel about that? I mean, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Well, let me just start off by just the comment that I just said Uh, again. 10 years in, there are plenty of people that have bikes um, that are in this community that have tra- whatever in the Pel- in our large Peloton community who know that Jen Sherman was the first instructor. But there are plenty that don't, especially, you know, people that that bought um, product during the during pandemic, the pandemic yeah. and so forth. So it does come up. I mean, I was just away on um, a vacation last week and, you know, I obviously I meet members everywhere I go. And there was one group of members that that came up to me who had no idea I was the first. They've just discovered me in the last year. And when I say it to them, I have such pride. You you should. But the crazy thing is, it was all just timing and luck that it was me, but I don't give a shit. It's still so cool for me to be able to say that I was the first. And I wasn't the first by years. Let's be honest. I have to own up to that. Shortly thereafter, my amazing teammates like Robin and Jess King and and Hannah showed up. so we, I, I'm not there for five years before everybody else. It's only a short time, but it's, it's an amazing, it's amazing to reflect and look back on how we started. We were this small little microcosm. It was a, we were a passionate group of people who believed there were 20 of us or less in those earliest days. 
And I'm proud of it. You know, I, I definitely, I own, I own up to, I had a part of building this community and I'm very proud of that. I couldn't be prouder, by the way, of my co-instructors because that's like a whole other thing. I am obsessed, like stalker obsessed with my teammates. The way members are obsessed with us is how I but feel that's about amazing. my team. But that is amazing. And that speaks to the culture oh, of, the, I, I of live the brand it. and the company and everything that you guys have Lindsay, built. I can't believe what I'm watching go on with my, with my teammates. I am like the proudest yeah. mom, teammate. I, I can't even. That's a whole other conversation. A whole separate podcast. That's a whole other separate <laughs> podcast. But anyway. So you, I mean, obviously being the original instructor, you had an immediate following and that following has continued to grow. And, you know, admittedly, because I didn't get my bike till 2019 when I turned 40, I, I wasn't a part of your original, like JSS tribe, but were you like, were you surprised by that? Like, were you, and how did, like, how did you take that? And how did you feel about that? I mean, all of a sudden, like you had a community, whether you liked it or not. Right. Well, there's so many facets to that whole thing. First of all, it started out slow, right? It was not an overnight, holy shit, I can't go to the grocery store because everyone's recognizing me. That took, that took, that took time to build and get there. We, I do want to mention for people who don't know, because yes. I've been told by like original Peloton members. So oh, there was, there is like a, a Facebook group for Jen, which I don't even think I'm in, but there's a Facebook group for Jen and, and people like were clamoring to get in this Facebook group. And Jen used to go in and talk to them in the Facebook group. I mean, cause it right. was a much smaller thing than it is now. Everything so. was much easier to scale back then. Obviously. I mean, there was a time Lindsay and I'm proud of this too. But there was a time where you could come into the Peloton studio and ride with me. And I knew every single rider's first and last name. We have it on tape. I could call out my entire front row. That's the way I taught in New Jersey, in this, in my small little MaxFit studio and at the JCC in Tanafly. For me, one of the joys of doing this was not just helping someone feel like they got a great workout, but it is the connection for me, Okay. And so I did things the way that I did them coming out of that small studio, even when I got to Peloton, because it was like you used the word before litmus test. Everything was so new. We kind of were creating our own way in the early days before there was a protocol and a format and all that kind of thing. So for me, even in the earliest days of Peloton, I was connecting almost to the point where it was taking up my entire day at night because I was answering every DM. I was answering every Facebook message. Um, in the when did you days, realize though that you couldn't do that anymore? Because you know there what? comes a day that you can't. I would say um, I spent the first probably three years at Peloton really letting all of that um, consume me um, to a point. And then it got to a point where I, it just wasn't sustainable you know, I was getting, we all were getting too many messages in our inboxes, but I still tried. I mean, I was the instructor um, back on 23rd Street, uh, and obviously so much has changed for so many different reasons, but I spent a lot of time with my riders after class. I didn't rush out the door. I took my pictures with all of them, and then I got a nice coffee, and I sat in the lounge, and I stayed. And that's pre-days of having, you know, security be a, be a thing, and Peloton becoming a massive household name. And a lot does change with that. Um, but I just did things the only way that I knew how on every level, Lindsay, because I had a background 
in teaching an indoor cycling class and putting together a playlist. I had zero background in cameras, knowing how to speak or play to cameras. I had no background in dance or television or any of those areas of life that so many of my gifted co-instructors actually felt really comfortable on a stage per se. I was clueless. I had no fucking idea what I was doing. I literally had to learn how to become comfortable in front of a camera. And in those earliest days, you know, a lot of us had to learn our, you know, we had to sit. That's why everyone loves you so much because you're like, it's not perfect. And, and, and you know what I mean? And obviously things are different now and you've learned and you've grown, you know, and that's, you know, that's obvious, but it is still very natural and you have this natural connection. And that's why people clamor to you, especially people of like my generation and your generation, like, and I'll say that, like, I love all the instructors. Trust me. I take other classes. I love you, but I do take other classes as you should girl. And you know, but, but you're like my person because I connect with you and in a lot of what you say, you know, and I think that came through early on. I got a lot of that from my earliest members, our OGs, as we call them, you know, they felt like they wanted to go to a concert with me or have a drink with me, or we knew people in common. It was still a small Peloton world at that point. And I kind of came into it. Of course, I had to be professional, but I think letting the world see that I was figuring it out. Again, I didn't have this professional background with television or TV or dance or any of that stuff. And so just owning it, that I was figuring it out and just being myself on camera. I, I did exactly the same thing in that small studio in New Jersey or at the JCC Antenna Fly. I brought that expertise to Peloton and then it just grew from there. Now, uh, queuing and cameras and lighting, I mean, it's like I could do it in my sleep. Right. But it was a, I had to walk the walk and, and sort of, it was all, it all had to be learned for me. It was not comfortable. And I kind of just said, fuck it. I'm going to let them see that I'm not always comfortable. I don't always know what I'm doing here. When did you realize that you were not only building a community, but you're building a personal brand because you, you of course are part of the Peloton brand. You're part of the Peloton team, but Jen Sherman is a brand too. And you have a whole kind of separate thing with that. I mean, you have a great Instagram following. You have a great community, very active, you know, and that is inherent to you, not necessarily Peloton. You know, it's a part of it. So that's, that's one thing. I remember in the earliest days of Peloton, we would sit down and have these branding meetings and there were instructors that were having a harder time trying to figure out who they were or who they should be on camera. That I can say unequivocally, like unequivocally, I had no issue with that. Like I was me, there was no way I was letting Peloton try to create a persona for me. That was not going to happen. I was 40 mid, you know, middle-aged Jen Sherman, 40 plus years old, mother, housewife, wife, balancing career, children, marriage, the whole gig. And that was enough of a brand for me to help people of my my age and my background. That's generally who is drawn to me. Every time I meet a 20-year-old who tells me they ride with me, I say, you're fucking lying. I don't believe you, you know, but um, I do have actually some some young riders out there, which makes me happy. But I didn't have to create a brand. This was the brand. Very into 
pop culture, music, all things happening in the world. Talk a lot, very much like an, like a talk show kind of vibe. That's kind of like the personality that I am. Like when you sit down and we go for dinner, I don't shut up the entire time. I mean, we could have three more hours and we wouldn't be done. That's sort of what goes on in my class a little bit. And um, I think that what I've been told is my that approachable nature is what made the community that was drawn to me right off the bat, they were drawn to me easily. And I welcomed them with open arms, almost, almost to a fault, some would say, now that Peloton has gotten so big, um, because it's hard to go backwards, right? right? I have a lot of members who really got to hug and get to know and touch and feel and communicate with Jen Sherman. And it's just, it's different now on a lot of levels. So um, I'm still that, I'm still that girl though. You know, if I could still have the iced coffee in the lobby with my riders after class, I would do it. I just, we just can't do that now. Of course, um, things but, are different. And, but that's a testament to why you guys are so good at what you do and why you are so good at what you do. And yeah. but I want to ask you something, and this is a little bit of a, this is a little more personal. And if you decide you want me to take it out, I will. I'm really asking for me okay. um, because I've wanted to ask you this for a while. Um, you know, you, 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 you're in the public eye and you, yeah. and in the public eye, you have to deal with things that, you know, maybe are not, so great all the time. And, yeah. um, we have a lot in common. And, um, one of the things we have in common is not something that I am proud or happy about. Um, and I DM'd you about it. You probably don't know, but you did write me back and I was really touched by it. Um, you and I both lost friends the week of our birthdays. And, um, and I, to me, it happened when I was 20 turning 21 and to you, it happened last year. And when it happened to you, I, um, I mean, my, my heart fell into my stomach because I knew what you were going through. And, um, I also was like, fuck, and she has to deal with this publicly. Right. And I wondered, like, you know, you talk about not being polished and not being camera ready and like you learning all this stuff. But, and that is something too, that like no one prepares you to deal with shit like that in the public eye. No. And you did it with such grace. And I don't know how you got on that bike and did that ride. I really don't. Um, because I know what you were feeling and that this is a club I don't want anyone ever to be a part of. And, um, you know, for the rest of your life, the week of your birthday, you're going to, you're going to, this is, you're going to come back to it. I, I have right. for 21 years. Right. So, um, so how Lindsay, did you deal with that? So, uh, for those, for those who are listening that don't know what you're referring to, you're speaking of my dear friend, Howard Godnick, who I didn't know a day before Peloton. He, I know Howard and he became a special person in my life through this bike. That was a friendship that came from directly from Peloton. And as I um, have spoken about him so many times, he was one of those OGs. He was my biggest cheerleader. Um, I let him into my life because, you know, again, I hear from people all the time. I get, I have gotten to know people through this bike, but you can't let everybody in. And he is someone that I let in. Um, and I'm so glad that I did. Uh, and it was really, really hard. It's really hard. And I've had tons of moments like, like that, that are not easy on the bike. It's not the one piece of Peloton that I've gotten used to, but I am still not comfortable with is this public piece, honestly. Um, you know, questions about my family life and my marriage and when things happen, when I said, I've, 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 I've taken some missteps at Peloton and said the wrong thing or done the wrong thing. I'm human. And I 
am not always prepared for the onslaught of what happens. You know what I mean? I still have an issue. Well, I should say I'm better at it now because of things that I've been through um, publicly. But for a really long time, I refused to believe that anyone gave a shit about me. I refused to refer to myself. Like when people would say, you have to be careful, you're in the public eye, I would like crack up. I would be like, that is ridiculous. When people would be like, you're kind of famous. I'd be like, that sounds moronic to my own fault because it's like, I didn't let myself believe that. I still kind of don't believe it. I think I'm, I, I am so no big deal. <laughs> like, I, I don't even like, I freak out when people freak out when they meet me because it's still, I still can't believe it. And I'm still not fully comfortable with it. It's both. That is the one part that I have not finessed. And a lot of my co-instructors are just much better at it than I am. Um, I didn't I didn't come to Peloton to get famous. When John Foley said to me over that cup of coffee, you're going to become famous, I was hysterically laughing at him. And he continued to say it in the early years when it still wasn't a big, you know, Peloton was far from a household name. And I would tell him that he was fucking crazy. But he was right to some degree. And obviously there are instructors that have way bigger Instagram followers than me and way bigger just followings in general. I don't know how they do it because I have what I consider to be a smaller following in terms of social but media. You have a big connection and that, and that's, and that is the everyone keeps, that's what, keep, that's what people keep saying to me that that's what the difference is. And that that's is the difference. feels so much more intense at times, maybe, um, Listen, I let people in, you know what I mean? I let people in. And so I can't expect them to, like when I met people in Aspen last week, I can't expect them to not feel comfortable coming over to me because I am approachable. I'm yeah. trying to be right. So I can't have it both ways. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast as I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast. Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. You talked about your family just now, and you know I know you've. You, I, I don't think you've ever mentioned your husband's name. I, I I'm fairly certain you haven't, and. Yeah. Um, and, but you talk about Carly and Evan and you do a really good job. And I think a lot of people can learn this lesson from you. And I talk about this a lot on my social media and a lot with my clients that you have to know how to let people in by sharing some stuff, but also keep some stuff private. So you're not like, no one needs to know what you're eating for dinner every night. And you're uh -huh. really good. hundred percent. You're like, you're very good though about maintaining a level of privacy 
while letting people in and letting people get to know Jen Sherman without compromising your life? Well, thank you. I appreciate you noticing that. I've tried and it's not because I know how to actually navigate the road. You know, I've just tried to keep some things for, for my family and not have everything be out there. I mean, is it annoying when I'm in a restaurant and I can see someone taking a picture of my food? Yeah, that's freaking annoying. It's annoying. Um, there's a lots of, there's lots of little pieces of, I know. of this, but for the most part, this, this Peloton journey has brought me so many blessings that I feel, I don't even feel comfortable complaining because the complaints are tiny and small and they don't outweigh even close to the blessings that this, this gig has, has. How do Carly and Evan feel about it? Carly and Evan. Um, okay. So, and by the way, I loved Carly's like story in the car after the dead show last week. That's a whole other conversation. That's a whole but- other thing. Listen, they are, they are actually very proud in their own way. Evan, I feel like is more openly proud. He thinks it's so freaking cool. And he's a rider. He's a member. Like he, he uses the Peloton platform to keep healthy and fit. He takes my classes. He loves Alex Toussaint as he should. So he's a Peloton fan and he's super proud of me. Carly's super proud of me. She just has like a different way of showing it. You know, Peloton. Our kids are different, aren't they? They're all different. Right. I mean, Carly is not sporting Peloton gear. Carly is not walking up to, you know, someone in her sorority and letting them know who her mom is. They know, but she's not going to let them know. They're both super proud. It's freaking cool. I don't care what she says. She like has a smile on her face when I get recognized all the time. She could pretend that it's like annoying, but she doesn't mean it. You know it's what I mean? It's funny that you say that because by no means am I comparing myself to you. Oh, but I'm sure you're so well known. in Chicago, people, people yeah. recognize me. Yes. And one of my kids cannot stand it when people are like, is your mom Lindsay Pinchuk? And my other kids like, take a picture of me and post it on your Instagram. You know, right. I mean, they're just very, very different. So, so we have similar that that's, that's what goes on in terms of Carly and Evan and, but they both are super proud and it it's so meaningful to me to have been able to show my kids that I could do this. Absolutely. 40 years old. I was like, you know what? Playing tennis and meeting my girlfriends for lunch just isn't fucking cutting it anymore. I want to do something. What am I good at? What do I love? Let me do this. Let me give it a shot. I never thought my following in in little suburban New Jersey was huge for like, you know, for a, um, you know, for an exercise, a fitness instructor out here. You know what I mean? Peloton was just like the big time. That was just like hitting broad. And I'm still in shock that I'm there. I'm still in shock that they'll have me. But you know what though? That's what makes you you. And that's what, that's what draws people to you. I'm going to say that over and over. I have a fun question for you now that I also have been wanting to ask you. I'm really going a whole 180 here from my last dismal question. Sorry, but I really wanted to ask, ask you that. Um, You love Rob Lowe the way that I love John Bon Jovi. Okay. And um, like, I've seen John Bon Jovi 37 times in concert. I've gotten a kiss on my cheek. You must disappoint that I don't play Bon Jovi so much. You know, I, a little, but it's okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I, but I know which rides have Bon Jovi, you know? Yes. Um, and, and I search for it sometimes. Um, but you are one of the only instructors that plays him. So, um, I got a kiss on my cheek from him at a concert recently, right before COVID. Um, have you met Rob Lowe? No, no, okay. no, I haven't. I know he rides though, doesn't he? He rides. I don't know how often he rides. He's been really kind and um, publicly has spoken about me in my classes. So that's that's how we sort of know that he even knows who Jen Sherman is. Um, 
I am destined to meet that man. It will happen. I have a sibling who lives out in California. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. I'm such a huge fan. It will happen. He's been a doll. I mean, he participated in his own way in that Rob Lowe ride, which I'm sure scared the shit out of him. I'm sure, you know what I mean? It had to have been. It was the best ride though. It was was so great. That ride. It was so fun. He really is. It was, and still is like my crush, like for, for real. And, and that whole other, that's like a whole other thing. Just celebrities riding with, because I don't feel like a celebrity and I don't look at myself even this much that way. When I know there is a celebrity that does ride with me, that's just crazy town. That's crazy town. Like when someone rides with Robin Arzon, they, they're riding with Robin and she's the celebrity. When there's a celebrity riding with me, no. I'm like so bugged out over the top over it. So that's just, that just I mean, shows everyone and tells everyone that's listening, like who you are, to oh, be honest. And you. so and that's that's important. I want to do a couple rapid fire, which I never do, but I want to do it with you. And then I'm going to ask you my final question. Right. Got it. OK, you ready? Yeah. OK, I'd be scared. No, they're just okay. fun. And they're, it's just fun. Mixtape or sold out show? Oh, my goodness. How could you do that to me? Um, I'm going to say mixtape. Best live concert so far of 2022. Mm. Coldplay for me. A couple month or two back. But it's still early in 2022. I know. Me, so I know. Still, there is still a lot left of this There's concert still a season. lot of sheet left. There's a so lot. What's next? Go. What's your next live show? Uh, I'm seeing the Grateful. I'm seeing Dead & Co. on Friday at City Field. I saw them last week um, in Bethel Woods. But I'm going to see them at City Field, which is like just a different experience. So I've got that coming up on Friday. Um, I've got... I've got a whole bunch of things on the horizon. Um, I'm playing it by ear. I have to see how my summer goes, but I've got like a little list. I mean, I'm even thinking about, I was just talking yesterday about possibly Backstreet Boys, no joke. Um, I think I'm going to see Sticks with REO Speedwagon. Oh, that's fun. I'm throwing it back. Um, There's a bunch of of my favorite 80s artists that are touring this summer. I'm trying to get to as much as I can. Yes, Um, have to, especially Springsteen U.S. dates just went on sale yesterday. Yeah, he's not coming to Chicago. I what? But he's coming back um, after the European leg. He 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 won't miss that. But I I noticed. I that. would hope not. He's not so. going to miss that. But I was over the moon about finally having those dates to to glance at. So last TV show you binged? Oh my gosh, I watch everything. What's the last thing I? Oh, I'm not I'm not embarrassed. It's okay. Kardashians. Hulu, it's okay. Over the top. Oh, yes. <laughs> so deep. I'm so deep. I'm not ashamed. I think they're brilliant. I they watch brilliant. a lot. Of, I, I, I do binge a lot of stuff, but I hadn't been caught up on that. I kind of wanted to wait so I could watch it all at once. All together. I can't deal with one week at a time. That no. is so annoying to me. So that was, that was one of the most recent ones that I enjoyed every minute of. Favorite class you ever taught? Mm, that's really hard. Um, but I might say one that comes to mind right off the bat was a um, sing-along ride, an epic sing-along ride, where the entire room was filled with JSS uh, members and, and fans, and that was really special. I feel like it was during one of our homecoming weekends. Um, if you were in that ride, you know which ride I'm talking about, but re- those are really special because that is audience participation like none other. And I'm a connector. I like to connect. And so all of us singing in one room together, nothing better. Nothing better. I can't imagine. It's really fun. Favorite class you've ever taken? Mm. 
That's an impossible one. And if it's impossible, you can pass. I'll let you. That's impossible. There's so many good ones. I wouldn't even know where to begin. And last rapid fire, Indiana or Wisconsin. You're going to do that to me? <laughs> People do it to me all the time. <laughs> Let's go. But, but I've got three years, three more years to fall madly in love with Bloomington. It's a great place. Oh, it's a great town. Both it's towns are amazing. Town. That's a really hard question. I mean, um, Madison's a really special place. Um, it was really special for my son and for us as a family. And I'm sure I will not be able to answer that question by the time Carly is done uh, her senior year. I'm loving Bloomington so far, but Madison's really special. Well, and honestly, the weather alone in Bloomington compared to Madison, it's yeah. much it's much easier to visit. True. I can say true, that. True, true, true. You so went before, to Michigan, right? I did go to Michigan. So I'm partial to Ann Arbor. Got it. But Amazing place. I spent a lot of time there too. So great there. Yeah. So before I let you go and give you your day back, I, yeah. I usually ask a version of this question that I'm going to change up a little bit for you just based on your background and where you came from. I would love for you to give some advice to any moms specifically who are at home or who want to make a change or just like aren't quite sure because you are proof that it's never too late to start something. And I really try to hammer that message home always um, on my social media, through this podcast, through every piece of content that I put out. It is not too late. And I would love for you to share what you, your advice would be to those moms. Listen, I, I know how those moms feel when you're at a certain stage of life and you kind of feel a little stuck, you know, you've got kids running around the house or you're not happy with your career. It's scary to, you know, think about change. Change is absolutely scary and frightening and uncomfortable, but you have to, at some point, let that noise kind of taper down and say, I know that I am worth, I am worth seeing what can happen here. Just seeing what can happen here. It's it not, not everything always works out. Plan A, plan B, you know, st steps one, two, three, all in a row, but you've got to somehow find a way to believe in yourself first. I almost didn't send the email. I swear to God, because I didn't want John to know how old I was. I just knowing, you know, being in the fitness industry and knowing what a young industry it was, I thought if there was a reason I wouldn't hear back from John, it was going to be because I was 40 something years old and I was a mother with small children. And I thought that was going to be the turnoff or the reason why I didn't hear back from John. You need to believe in yourself and you need to believe in other people. And like we talked about earlier in this podcast, unless you put one foot forward, you will never know. And what is the worst that can happen? What is the worst that can happen? You got to take chances and you got to take risks at the very least. You know, you, you'll stay where you were until you can figure out how to make that change. But you've got to get out of that mental space of I'm stuck and I don't know how to take the next, the next it, baby steps, build, build, build. It could be an email. It could be a phone call. It could be a conversation. It could be looking to another woman who you admire and saying like, how did you do this? How did you find the strength of the power? It can be just something that, that sparks off of a conversation, but just, you got to keep your mind open. Closing down and shutting down is going to be the death of change and movement and, you know, making your way to the place that you want to get to that place that you're thinking about that you're envisioning. You got to just take the step, start small, if that's what it takes. And then you build on those baby steps. 
no one should feel stuck. I know it's easier said than done, but everyone should try to go and live out. If it's not their biggest dream, maybe it's their smaller dream, start there. You got to just go for it. You got to just go for it. Jen Sherman, thank you so much for being here. I could talk to you all day. I know that without a doubt. Same. Lindsay, and early girls from like the same, from the same, we world. are cut from the same cloth. You have yes. shared so many sentiments that I believe so wholeheartedly in today. And I am so appreciative of your time and of you because you have changed my life. And, and that is really important for me to share with you while you are here. I can't wait to see where this continues to go because you are just a continuous rising star. Aww. And I'm really excited to share this episode with our community. I will tell you this. This has been a career highlight for me. So thank you. Oh my gosh, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. You're a doll. I, I hope you'll come to the studio. I would love to meet you in person. I would love to come to the studio and I would love to have you back anytime you want. Awesome. I will take you up on that. This was amazing. If you didn't know her and love her already, then you absolutely know her and love her now. And now you know why I adore Jen Sherman as much as I do, even though I just met her a week ago. This was an awesome conversation, and I know I'm going to be talking about this episode for a very, very, very long time. I absolutely meant it when I said that this was a career highlight to talk to Jen and to share her story. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did, and I want to give a huge, huge, huge thank you and shout out to both Erica and Haley for making this happen. You guys know who you are, and I'm so appreciative to both of you. So now you know what time it is. Jen had some amazing takeaways from today's episode. It's time to take out your pen and paper because you are absolutely 100% going to want to write these down. Are you ready? Here we go. Number one, send that email. It doesn't have to be perfect, but don't shy away from sending the note that you want to send. You never know what will come of it. Number two, ask yourself, what's the worst that happens? You don't hear back, right? But at least you tried. This is one of my all-time favorite tips. It's something that I say all the time. And as you heard in the episode, I was blown away when Jen essentially took the words out of my mouth. Number three, trust the connections you make. When you hit it off with someone, it can be the connection that drives the bus, not necessarily the opportunity. Number four, if you don't ask, you won't get an answer. So put yourself out there. Number five, own your own successes. It's okay to acknowledge where you are and how you got there. Number six, be yourself. Know what you stand for and what your personal brand is and put it out into the world. Number seven, change is scary and frightening and uncomfortable, but you have to, at some point, let that noise taper down and say, I know I am worth seeing what can happen. Number eight, believe in yourself and believe in other people. Number nine, take chances and risks. At the very least, you'll stay where you were until you figure out how to actually make that change. Number 10, Keep your mind open. Closing down and shutting down is the death of change. Number 11, everyone should try to go on and live their dreams. Just go for it. So again, Jen Sherman, thank you so much for being here. And thanks to everyone who listened to this episode of Dear Founder. If you like what you're hearing, please make sure to take out that phone, scroll all the way down and click that five-star rating or leave a review. That's how other people can find us. And we have some amazing guests coming up. You're also going to want to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify so that you never miss an episode. If you know someone who wants to start their own business or who needs a change or who has an idea, please text them this episode. It's such a great motivating episode and has such a great message. 
post it on your Instagram and tag me. I'll make sure to, to share some of those to say thank you. Please stay tuned for another episode of Dear Found Her coming your way every Tuesday and Thursday.